0: Of you got leftovers still in the refrigerator. I'll be over right after service. <laughs> Somebody said, "Come get it." <laughs> Some of you may ate a little bit too much, huh? But Thanksgiving is a wonderful time. I'm personally spoiled rotten by the people that I have in my life, like you, my precious wife, and my family, my children. Yes, my mom. She's saying better say something about me. <clears throat> I am. I, I'm probably the most blessed man on the planet as I stand before you. And, and I call myself spoiled because I, I'm not always thankful as I should be. Amen. Uh, many of you may not know this about me, but before I became your pastor, I spent 18 years of hard time in a 4x4 four four cell that I thought was going to drive me crazy uh, I'm not talking about a prison or jail or anything I'm talking I'm talking about the cell of my unthankfulness and I did spend 18 years at a place where I worked in a 4x4 four four cell called a cubicle and uh It was like jail to me because I felt like a racehorse, you know, ready to do things for God. I got saved right before, you know, as I got this job. And then once I got saved, I wanted to do so much for the Lord. But it was like, here I am selling cable TV supplies. That just didn't compute to me. And it felt like I was wasting my life, you know. And I was not thankful, even though it was a great job. It fed my family. It blessed me tremendously allowed me to work with my brother and spend time with him and he got me the job but i was ungrateful and so i was in this cell just complaining all the time unthankful for anything and here i was a christian do you know christians can be ungrateful and i'm like i want to be in the ministry i want to do something important and god's like you ain't nowhere near the the humility and the gratefulness that you need for me to be able to use you like I intend to use you. And so for like 16 of those 18 years, I mumbled and complained like the like the Israelites in the wilderness. Couldn't come into the promised land because of my own prison of unthankfulness. I wasn't thankful where I was at. And God began to show me that. And finally I said, okay, Lord, if this is where you want me to minister, this is where I'll minister. I stopped trying to make myself something and to be something, and I just began to be thankful where I was at. Instead of being my boss's worst nightmare, the one whispering behind his back how he don't know what he's doing, I began to be a support to my boss, to other people. I began to uh, have joy in that cubicle. And I said, God, if this is where you have me, this is where I'll be thankful. And it took me a long time to come to that, but then as soon as that happened, God opened the, the prison doors, and here I am. And He put me into the full-time ministry where I can show you how to be thankful, hopefully, today. And show you the value of humility and, and being grateful for the things that you have in, in your life. Um, Psalms 107, verse 21 says, Oh, say, oh, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. And for his wonderful works to the children of men, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. You know, Jesus healed ten lepers, and only one came back to give him thanks. And what did he say? Where are the other nine? And today's message I have entitled Where Are the Nine? Hmm. Because it looks to me, as I look around at our society and, and America in general, that unthankfulness might be the single most contributing factor to the demise of our country. Does anyone agree? The Greek word for unthankful is acharistos. I guess that's how you pronounce it. or caristos. It says, and it also implies to refuse to recognize debts. It's like this generation doesn't recognize the debt that they have for the generations that came before them to make their freedom possible. To feel one has the right to services and to be without obligation. We have the right to pursue things, not to be given everything. We have freedom and opportunity. But no, we feel like we have a right to everything without having an obligation to do anything for it as a nation. Most blessed nation ever, but looking for reasons to be miserable. I mean, you think about the Roman Empire blessed nation, yes. Israel, under King Solomon, it said silver was so plentiful that it was like dust in the streets. But there's never been a nation like America. A nation who founded on godly principles, founded on freedom to serve the Lord. We came over here to worship God, to be thankful to our God. But the opportunity and freedom we've been given has been dismissed by this newer generation. And we're rewriting history to fit our narratives. We don't like what it said, the truth about the past. We'll just make it say what we want it to say. We want everything given to us. We're angry and we're entitled. And you might as well just say spoiled. We are a spoiled generation who is about to ruin this good thing. I don't know why this story just came to me. It's it's a rabbit trail, but hang with me. When I worked at a certain job at the airport, I had a a 10-hour shift uh, four days a week. And each 10-hour shift, the amount of work that they gave me to do would take about 30 minutes. So I had nine and a half hours to goof off. I played ping pong. I shot basketball. Sometimes I went home. I had a radio. They'd call me if they need me. I mean, some people would think that was the cushiest job ever, right? And then we would have a meeting, and our manager, who knew we had this cushy job, but he was happy because he had the cushy job too. So you would think we, it would just be the nicest meeting, that everybody would be. We're, we have no complaints. We're happy, Right? it was the complainingest bunch you ever seen in your life i have never seen a more disgruntled group of people i mean they were mad about everything we were cleaning you know the inside of airplanes out And they had the stairways. And and one time the mechanics asked our group, you know, since you cleaned the planes out, if there's garbage on the stairway, do y'all mind getting that on the way down? And they argued. They brought out handbooks and said it's not our responsibility on the stairway. We only have nine and a half hours to do what we want. You know, you're not taking that 30 seconds from us. But I have noticed in jobs where the managers expect something of you. Expectations are required. They push you to a level of excellence. Those people love their managers. They're the most happy people. You know work is satisfying. To earn something for yourself. God put it in us to want to do that. And when you don't want to do that. Then you're just making yourself miserable, and that's what's happening here in America. People are looking for excuses to be mad. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and Ungrateful. Say ungrateful. That is the characteristic of the end times. They will consider nothing sacred. Jay Bartlett said unthankful people are typically negative, complaining, moody, bitter. That sounded like me in the cubicle. For all those years, I was negative, complaining, moody, and bitter, unforgiving, prone to low self-esteem. And having a low opinion of others. They're never satisfied and they don't take care of their things. You ever seen these kids that they you buy them a new Camaro for their sixteenth birthday, and by their eighteenth birthday that thing's in the junkyard? Because they don't have to pay the note on it, they have no idea of what it cost. <laughs> Unthankful people. I would add angry, selfish, covetous. And rebellious. That's what we see in this generation. and We want to be mad at them, right? But we're the one that raised them. Or we're the ones acting like that. Romans 121 says, yes, they knew God, but wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. Nobody's going to give God thanks today. But we can't get mad at this generation. Because our battle is not against flesh and blood principalities rulers spiritual wickedness in heavenly places the devil the devil is using unthankfulness to undo america that is his plan to divide and to conquer he does a good job he uses race gender socioeconomic status class whatever he can whatever tools he can use to divide That's his plan to conquer, and we're falling for the bait. But what if we begin to refuse the bait in the church? Lord forbid if the church go along with this division that's happening in America. What if we become unthankful people in the church? Then it's over. We're the last line of defense here. What if we instead decided to be thankful for our differences? You want everybody to be just like you? Your flesh does. Anybody that's not like you, you put them in a category. You box them off. You wall them down. But that's not the way it should be. God made us all masterpieces. Some of us are still in work or in the works, but nevertheless, he's called us to be his masterpiece. We need to step up be thankful for our differences being thankful makes me want to defend people not destroy them 1st Thessalonians 5:18 says be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus doesn't say be thankful for all circumstances because not everything is God's will Be thankful in all circumstances. How many of you like to bless your children when they're acting unthankful? You just bought them that Camaro, and it's it's not enough. You're not going to bless them again like that, are you? How does that make you feel when your children are ungrateful? How does that make God feel? How much more would he give to those who were grateful for the things he's already given them? Oh, he would be, it was like, what you want, son? You know, that he would pull that billfold out and bless us. But he can't because of our ingratitude. You know, gratitude is at the very heart of true spiritual worship. I didn't come here today to sing a few songs and say, hey, look at me. I can play the guitar. In fact, I'd rather not be the one up there doing that. But I knew we had to express our gratitude to God today. It's all for Him. Where you find thankfulness, you typically find faith and humility. Thankful people begin to realize it ain't all about me. My God is in the middle of this. My God has brought me through before and he'll bring me through again. And it begins to bring faith up in your heart when you, when you begin to count your blessings. You begin to see God's hand at work and try not to ignore it like the world's doing. Why did Paul and Silas begin to sing at the midnight hour, you wonder? I mean, they had just been beaten with rods. That's sticks. they have been bruised and bloody and their backs laid open. And, then they, and this is for what? For doing what? For preaching the gospel. For healing a man. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They got beat for doing right. That doesn't make me particularly thankful. But they, then they put them in the inner cell. Down in the lowest part of the dungeon and put them in stocks so that they couldn't even tend to their own wounds with the rats and the roaches crawling on them probably black as midnight down there no light in there what do they do they begin to pray they begin to thank god they begin to sing songs Out of a heart of gratitude in the midst of the darkness all around them. Like Tony and Denise. So thankful to their God that they're going to show up today. In the midst of their darkness. In the midst of their pain. When nothing even makes sense about this. They know in whom they have believed and they're going to give him thanks. In the darkest midnight hour. And God said, begin to shake God's heart, and God began to shake that prison. And all those cubicle doors, so if cubicles had doors, they were flung open. All those cell doors were flown open, and everybody was set free. And this nation can be set free if if the believers would begin to have thankfulness in their heart. The believers would begin to express their gratitude for this nation and for God and all he's done for us. We can turn this thing around if we not be sucked into the darkness with everybody else. Thankfulness is such a key to everything that the church must be. Philippians 2.14 It says, do everything without complaining and arguing. Today, it would be good if we just do something without complaining and arguing. And just like always, I'm preaching that myself. It's so easy to complain and to argue, but thankfulness requires something of us, it's not what naturally comes out of our flesh. But do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. You want to know how to set yourself apart for Christ? Stop complaining and arguing with the world. Start being thankful and grateful to your God even in the midst of your situation. And I'm going to say something, and I want you to to refute me if if I'm wrong. I wrote, you can't have joy and peace without thankfulness. We all want joy and peace. I mean, hey, who doesn't want joy and peace? But can you have that if you're unthankful? Can you have it to the degree that you want it? Or to any degree? Complaining and arguing sucks the joy and the peace out of everything in your life. God can't use that. And I've got a scientist here that's going to back me up. I don't even know if he's a Christian, but he's a scientist named John Tierney. And he must be a good one because he had an article in the New York Times. And he's talking about thankfulness. He said, cultivating an attitude of gratitude has been linked to better health. Good. Sounder sleep. Less anxiety and depression. Higher long-term satisfaction with life. And kinder behavior towards others. This guy's preaching. A new study shows that feeling grateful. Makes people less likely. To turn aggressive when provoked. You know since I got out of that. Four by four cell, And I saw what God did for me. Once I did. I said you know I need to. This is something important in my life. I need to cultivate this. So I began to say, I need to be thankful in all things. Not for all things. We're not thankful that, you know, your spouse beats you. We're not thankful that your child dies. We're not thankful for everything, but we're thankful in everything. And I said, you know, what if I'm thankful in tribulation? How can you be thankful? Because I know I'm going to grow from it. And I look back and every hard time in my life, and I endured it. I come out a, on the other side, bigger on the inside. A more capable person. A wiser, stronger individual. So can you be thankful in your tribulation? You absolutely can be. Can you be thankful for your limitations? That's a hard one for me. Because I like to think that I can do everything, but I can't. And as I grew older, I began to realize I can't do everything. I said, I really need to be thankful for this. That way I won't have to do everything. Some of us are trying to do everything. And I have learned to stay in my lane somewhat. Some of you may disagree. But I am learning to be thankful that I can't do everything. I'm thankful for my God. He gave me life. I'm thankful for my nation and those who gave their life for my freedom. I'm thankful for my family, the ones I get to do life with. I'm thankful for you, my church, because you're the ones I get to spread life with. And I would give my life for my God, for my nation, for my family, and for my church. And I'm not going to apologize about that. And I'm not going to let political correctness keep me from telling you the truth about that. I am thankful. Ephesians 5.15 says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. Was I living like a fool for those 18 years? Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. But like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine. That's just covering up. That's a. That's a Band-Aid trying to just get you through. But don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm giving you something better. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself. Have you ever seen anybody sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs that wasn't thankful? Have you ever seen... Oh, praise the Lord, I hate this, I hate that, bro, bro. Oh, give me, Lord, we bless your name, oh, this sucks. <laughs> the two just don't go together. The people that you see that are singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and making melody in their heart to the Lord, are thankful people. They have cultivated that attitude of gratitude, making music. To the Lord in your heart. That's what thankfulness is. It's making a song in your heart. To the Lord. And it says and give thanks. For everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Give him all the praise. All the glory. And all the thanks belong to God. You know somewhere right now. Somebody is giving thanks for the cardboard box that they're living under. While in the same city, someone is complaining that their Lamborghini doesn't have heated seats. I told you all this story before. That uh, one time me and my brother Heath, we went hunting and we were going to try a new patch of land. This new set of woods and we'd never been in there before and it was cold and we had all these coats and had our rifle on our shoulder and everything and we busted in these woods it looked promising but before you know it we'd gotten in a little ways and we got stuck in a briar patch. It was just thick woods and it was just just grabbing your clothes and cutting your hands and your face and we just working our way out after about ten minutes of that we were sweating and there was all these hills and stuff and, and Heath was like let's go back man let's go find somewhere else to hunt and I don't know. I was just being bullheaded that day, and I said, "No, I'm I'm the older brother. You're following me. We're going to make something out of this, you know." But right in front of us was like a ravine, went right downhill, and there was no real way to get down there except for fall or something. And uh, he said, "I'm leaving," and, it, and that just kind of triggered me, made me mad. I'm the boss around here, so I stuck. I, I walked out on this limb that was had fallen tree that had fell and was. You know, over the ravine. I don't know why I did that because now I'm like five or six feet in the air. Mm-hmm. And I'm sweating and steam rising up out of my collar because I got this big old heavy jacket on and we've been working. But I'm mad now, you know. I done made up my mind. I'm not letting him boss me around. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it happen. And that's about the time my little brother, I could see it in his eyes. He would trade his rifle for a, a video camera because this was about to be the America's funniest videos. moment. Because I'm sitting out over, I I mean, I'm out on a limb, so to speak, here. You know what I'm saying? Literally. And I'm on this limb, and I don't know what I'm doing. And then in my lightning fast mind, I said, well, maybe if I could break this limb off, it would, you know, break down towards the ravine, and we could just walk down like a bridge. So I started jumping up and down on this limb. Like a rabid monkey, something like crazy. It was a stupid plan, I admit it. But I was already out on the limb, you know? And I wasn't turning back. I was bullheaded. So I'm jumping up and down on this limb, trying to get it to break, and then all of a sudden it broke. But it didn't break down, it broke off. With me on it, and I'm like wily Cody Coyote, my feet flapping in the air. I was running, but I wasn't going nowhere. And the limb beat me to the ground, and it hit another limb, and it stuck straight up, a sharp limb if I remember correctly. And some may say I stuck the landing. I said, cloop, oh! And I suddenly became thankful for that little bone that runs across your undercarriage between your legs there, because I was just about to become a human shish kebab. And my feet were still not touching the ground. They were still doing this number. And I was balanced on this sharp stick for what seemed like two or three minutes. But I know it was only a couple of seconds. But then I slowly fell forward and I hit the ground and began to roll down that ravine. But I remember as I was rolling down, I was saying every turn, I was, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I was gathering steam on the way down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, in the previous days before I got saved, I may have been saying something, but it wouldn't have been that. In fact, it may have been some languages that hadn't even been made up yet. But I made it to the bottom. And Heath was up there laughing. But at least he was still up there and I was down where I wanted to be. No, no, just but I say all this to say what comes out of your heart when the chips are down. Thankfulness I had cultivated at least enough thankfulness to holler out his name in my in the midst of my troubles. I could have been hollering out anything else. But you know, we, we get like that. We get out on a limb and we're determined we're going to do everything by ourselves. We don't need no help. We can figure this all out, but we're wrong. We need God. And we need one another. And we need to stop being so bullheaded. We need to set aside a time each morning. To read the Word of God, to pray. And to add to that, I would say to count your blessings. Sometimes I begin to count my blessings in the morning, little things like warm water in the shower, milk in the refrigerator, a refrigerator. You can start counting your blessings early in the morning. And when you lay your head down at night, you can still be counting your blessings you begin to do that you become a thankful person Jesus gave thanks for the bread and wine at the last supper you say so yeah what a, You know, what's the big deal that bread represented his body that was about to be broken and he knew it and that wine represented the blood that he was about to spill out for us And he was thankful for the opportunity to get to do that for us. Where are the nine? Where are the other nine? Weren't there ten healed? I don't know where the other nine is. I just know I want to be the one. I want to be the one that's thankful. Come out of that prison of unforgiveness. I'm not going back into there anymore. It'll stunt you. Your physical growth, it'll stunt your spiritual growth. Come out from among them. Come out of that prison of unforgiveness. Christians should be showing America a better way. And even if I have to give my body and spill my blood, and even if my life seems to be like it's just rolling downhill all the time, I'm going to be saying thank you, Jesus, all the way down. I have decided, and I want you to decide with me today, to be thankful. Be thankful in all circumstances. You got breath in your lungs. What happens from there, you determine. Thankfulness will unlock that jail cell you've been living in. Father, we just thank you. For this season that reminds us how much we have to be thankful for about our nation. And we thank you for this Sunday service that each week reminds us of how much we have to be thankful for you and for our church. We thank you for the opportunity to, to have a personal relationship with you with every day, every moment that you're on the inside of us. And that we can give you thanks and praise. Sometimes people look at us like we're crazy because we say thank you, Jesus, to everything. But really, they're the ones being foolish. And we're the ones being wise. Because our eyes have been opened to see your goodness. Thank you, Jesus, for a heart of gratitude. Cultivate in me. Say that with me. Say cultivate in me, God heart of gratefulness I want to be thankful in all circumstances Thanks for listening to the podcast today We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's word